0: So let me open today's program by by asking you this little question. How many of you are gonna miss?
1: COVID-19! COVID-19!
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. So how many of you have noticed a trend of late? And I'm talking among some blue state governors, some blue state mayors, blue city mayors, people that lean to the left, Maybe you call them liberal where where you're from. I just call them leftist nuts. Those that have tried to hijack COVID-19 for their own political gain. How many of you are going to miss COVID-19? Now, it's going to be around for a while. Uh, something of this magnitude just cannot disappear in a day or two or three. And I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about the attached... Uh, official narrative that all of us have had to endure for almost two years. So much truth is coming out. I felt so strongly back in December of last year when I came before this microphone and I made that very statement that the narrative is going to collapse in 2022, I didn't know how fast, but I knew that it could not be sustained any longer. There are too many little stories. Ever seen the game called Whack-A-Mole? You know, where the little head comes up and you gotta try to grab your little mallet and and beat it back down. Well, truth when it comes to COVID-19 reminds me of a -a Whack-A-Mole game that's getting faster and faster and the players can no longer keep up. The narrative is collapsing. Now, wherever Omicron came, that's also a wonderful question to be asked someday. Was Omicron also from a lab to to tone this thing down? There's so many unanswered questions, so many players, so many people that have their fingers all over this pandemic. Now, whether they'll be held fully to the truth and take responsibility or be made to take responsibility is still an open question. Now, I listen to some of these governors, some of these mayors that have imposed some of the harshest lockdowns, restrictions, mask mandates, vaccination, passports, all of it. I've heard it all now for quite a while. And I have told you on this program, you heard us talk about it a couple of days ago, too that all of this was part of a bigger agenda that had nothing to do with your health. It had everything to do with your obedience and compliance. This is a trial run just to figure out what kind of fear works best and how many people will, will fall for it. We go back two years ago. Two years ago, everybody... In my line of work, emergency management and even in communications, we were being sold a bill of goods. That how many millions of people were going to die in just a matter of a few months in the United States. And and we're still going to hit the million mark, trust me. We're going to hit the million mark and it's going to then fade into obscurity. I've always felt they had to get to this massive number to to be able to look back and say, look at how well we did. We finally, we finally whipped this horrific disease that killed a million Americans. Now, of course, I still challenge that number. Did a million Americans extra die over the past uh, two, two and a half years? I still challenge that. I don't believe that number is, is accurate in any shape or form. I've seen too many stories, as you have too, where we have the, the number of excessive deaths, or what they call excessive deaths, really can't be attributed, honestly, to COVID-19. I can remember, as I've mentioned before, when I worked in emergency management, the people that were dying were people that would be expected to die sometime in less than a year. That were dying of this. I wasn't seeing a healthy 30-year-old person walking down the street suddenly grabbing their chest and collapsing because the virus killed them, as we saw with some pretty cheesy videos that came out of out of China. Ginning up the fear. Now, I'm not going to talk much about COVID today. I just wanted to start the program to remind you of the collapsing narrative as we prepare ourselves for the next shoe to drop. And there's no doubt in my mind. Do you think, never let a good crisis go to waste. Milk it for every bit you can, and that's been done. And there's going to be a lot of damage because of this pandemic. A lot of mental damage, psychological damage, physical damage, financial damage, broken marriage damage, ruined childhood damage. There's going to be a lot to be accounted for in the months and and years ahead. And I pray to Almighty God. I pray to Almighty God that he shines that bright and sterilizing light of truth on all that has transpired during this time. Not just during these two years, but all the planning that went into these two years. I'm convinced And I'm convinced primarily just because of the too many coincidences prior to the pandemic. Too many things that have been done. Too many things that were said that we now know were not exactly true. Now, this is neither a criticism nor is it a defense of the prior president of the United States, Donald Trump. I don't know what he knew and when he knew it. I know that Fauci better ask, answer that question at some point. Remember, I think I share with you Monday that, that quote that, uh, well, let me just play it for you. There
1: will be a surprise outbreak. I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration, that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. Now,
0: I played that little almost two-minute clip for a reason. That's Dr. Anthony Fauci as we were getting ready to begin here in the United States, the administration of Donald Trump. And he's putting out this warning. This is before he was America's favorite doctor on CNN and MSNBC and anybody else that would have him. This is before he became known as a household word. And he's predicting to these other colleagues about this great challenge that this next administration was going to face. He knew all about it. I think he knew a lot more than he was letting on, and I think he had his hand in it. There's still so many questions that absolutely need to be answered. And I believe, as I've been telling you, there's some good news. At least for many people, there's going to be some good news here. And I'm not spending a whole lot of time on this program today. Uh, This is not an I told you so session. This is to a prepare you session to remind you of where we've been, what we are currently doing, and what to prepare for in the future. Remember, this this whole thing in 2017, when Dr. Fauci is speaking, talking about the next administration will deal with a pandemic. That's what he was telling this group. He already knew. Remember, for years he had been working on these experimental-type vaccines and patents and everything else. Uh, Didn't like to admit to it, but he did. And he knew a lot more than he ever let on. I think a lot of people in government were so angered by America electing this interrupter of of their system. No matter what you think about donald trump is i don't care he was an interrupter he didn't let the plans of agencies deeply buried he didn't allow them to run amok and they were going to get their revenge people saw it. they saw the handwriting that this guy can expose what has been called for for a long time now the deep state Deep State hated him on both sides of the political aisle in the United States. There's many Republicans in the Congress and Senate that disliked Donald Trump being an interrupter, as there were Democrats that despised him, hated him, wanted him gone, were willing to lie about him. Remember the Russian collusion delusion? You know, documents are coming out now. From that investigation that are proving that everybody knew there was no such thing as Russian collusion, especially with the White House and especially with the Trump campaign. And there was some with the Hillary Clinton campaign, but but not with Trump. And we had to spend what, two years, two miserable years waiting for the Mueller report, two miserable years of accusations, two miserable years of listening to Adam Schiff, representative Democrat from California, consistently get on television and lie with impunity. I have seen the evidence. It will take down this president. Mark my words. And when the day came to present the evidence, he had nothing. He had nothing but rhetoric. He was hoping that If enough funding was put into Robert Mueller's hot little hands, they'll dig up something, and it won't even need to be collusion. What a farce. What a pathetic and sick joke on the American people for two years. And when the entire pandemic blew up in their face in 2019. Remember the timing. Timing is everything. They knew for the longest time. They were going to keep this Russian collusion delusion alive long enough, long enough to get past, ready for this, the 2018 midterm elections. And they successfully did. Newspapers, commentators, television talking heads perpetuated the hoax. Russian collusion The Mueller report is due sometime soon It's getting really bad at the White House these days Subpoena power just goes on and on That was all of 2017 And all the way through The 2018 midterms And what happened in 2019 The Mueller report comes out And they ain't got nothing They have nothing even in a hearing, they tried to put together to to, to try to keep this lie alive. After uh, in 2019, after the Democrats took over the House, they couldn't create something out of nothing. It was a total flop, and so they moved on. They had to move on. Had to find something new. Had to find something big had to find something that was so scary that American people of both parties would be compliant. Event 201. Now, I've learned a few things, and I, I've, I keep forgetting to share some of this. Event 201 is not all that unique. Similar scenarios have played out over the past two decades with many of the same players including the former guy at Microsoft you know Mr. Windows 95 Windows 3.0 DOS 6. whatever stolen operating systems here we go you. you know I'm talking about Bill Gates and, and after he decided to leave Microsoft, he took all those billions with him. And now he's decided to become the savior of humanity and the world. Because, see, he belongs to that billionaire club that knows more than you, smarter than you, needs to be respected more than you. And we need to get rid of useless eaters and people that don't meet up to Bill Gates' standards. And that's where we are. And so, Event 201 was just another in a series of events. And from all they had been doing for all these years with those events, they were ready to pull the trigger anytime they needed to. Now, I've always, I've always suspected, and I, I just can't get my finger on it, we knew in emergency management in March of 2020 when they're first talking about two weeks to flatten the curve. We already knew one thing. We knew beyond the shadow of any reasonable doubt that the virus came from a laboratory in Wuhan, that the entire wet market, meat market, live bat to human transmission at a meat market, wet market in Wuhan was a bunch of baloney, a bunch of made up stuff and we, you know, anybody in emergency management could smell it. We knew it. What do you mean they're, they're saying this? You just showed us information two weeks ago that said it probably came from a lab. Well, when that started getting out, Dr. Fauci, whose hands are in that lab, whose money is in that lab, whose influence is all over that lab, along with a couple of his buddies, and remember... He was diverting funds from the NIH to the EcoHealth Alliance, which then they could take that money and run it into Wuhan. And this way, it's not uh, Fauci uh, funding gain of function. And by the way, they changed the definition of gain of function. So when it came time for any hearings or questions, oh, we didn't do that. He'd found a way to circumvent the law. And that virus, which is really based upon the SARS-CoV outbreak of 2003-2004, found new life and new strength in a lab in China. My question to this day, and I don't have an answer, was the leak, was the, shall we say, was it planned or was it an accident? That's the question. The more I read about the Bat Lady of Wuhan, and she's quite a character. I lean toward. This is just my opinion. Now, this is not. I can't back this up, but this is a strong inside feeling. It was released intentionally. I'll say it again. It was released intentionally. The question is, by who? By who? Well, not the who, but by who. Maybe China wanted to do it to make sure that Trump couldn't win. Maybe China wanted to do it so they could uh, get more global dominance, influence, and market share. Other governments looked the other way. Because a lot of other governments hated Donald Trump. Germany had been called out, remember, for not participating like they should in NATO. NATO. And others were, were forced to come to the table to pay their share. China, for the first time in a long time, was facing tariffs on their goods if they didn't want to play fair in the open marketplace. You had a division in England called Brexit that barely snuck through. And now you had the United Kingdom leaving the European Union. The elites hated that idea to give power to the people. They despised it. They wanted to undo it. They didn't want the people's will be done. It's going to do what we're telling you to do or else. This entire two years, in my opinion, and I'm not going to talk much more about this. I got some really important stuff to talk about a little later on the program. This entire two-year process that we've all endured together has demonstrated who will comply easily and who will not. Who's going to fight, who's not going to fight. Who's going to go along to get along, even if they kind of disagree. Look at what's happened. Look at those that will wear a face mask, even though they know full well they're worthless. Even as the studies are coming out from John Hopkins now. Remember I said back in December, the light of truth is going to just break across. And God's going to peel back that veil and shine a sterilizing spotlight. And right now, even some Democrats and leftists are seeing the handwriting on the wall. They are desperately trying to get ahead of this narrative to look like we've been following the science all along. And now the science says, take off your mask and enjoy your life and freedoms for a little while while we let you. And even some of you that listen to this program, not all, just a small number, will, will believe everything they're being told and say, look, Bob, happy days are here again. No face mask. We can go to the restaurants. We can go to the beach. We can go to any store we want. We've got our freedom back. Freedoms that never should have been taken away to begin with. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, here's a a different thought to ponder. And I want you to think about this carefully. Those of you who are Christians, who are in Christ, who are true believers, you'll, you'll thoroughly understand this. The enemy of your soul, the world around you, has its own religion. Even if they declare themselves atheist. In essence, it is a religion. COVID-19 became a cult, kind of a cultish religion. You've heard me use terms like mass Covidians or the cult of COVID. And it's not just to be funny, it's actually quite real. Think about that for a moment. It is extremely real. These people believed every word that came from the mouth of Fauci and others. That a face mask that I can see with a magnifying glass, the holes in between, uh, could stop a virus that it takes an electron microscope to even find. Literally. And we're to believe this nonsense. It became a cult of fear, a cult of obedience. And all these people, if they saw you not complying to what they believed the truth was, they screamed, they yelled, they threatened, they got violent, they got vicious, and they got angry. And they would curse. There's a a song that came out last year called Silent War. And, And many people never understood this, but this has been a psychological war against the entire human race across the planet. Not just here in the United States, but everywhere. Now, the truth is coming out. And many people will be woken up, but many will not. What do you think as you listen?
2: Somebody's sailing a new religion Somebody's sailing a lie Somebody wants all this strife and division It's driving us out of our minds They're telling the world not to trust their own eyes for telling the people they're wrong for keeping the truth for their power and gain and taking whatever we've some of you just go along, training acceptance inside of your head to give them whatever they want you're leaving your brothers and sisters behind you're told it's the best thing to do Cause you're told that's what's right Now they win Because all of us lose And it's so Indoors in a prison of this silent war, and someone is trying to sell you the cure, the same one who made the disease, and they'll try. Feel sure, but hey, there ain't no guarantees They covered your mouth and they've tied back your hands They did it to all of the kids And nobody knows all the damage that's done And won't ask until the master permits. So take back what is yours Do not let them win this silent
0: war It truly was, and is, a new religion. COVID-19, the cult of COVID. When I felt those words come upon me over a year ago, I, I kind of wondered, should I even say them? But the more I observed, starting in the summer of 2020, the beginning of the summer, the more I realize realize this is being driven like a cult. And you give somebody something to do and feel important about themselves in this. People saying, wear a mask, social distance, everything that they said, be afraid. This is before the vaccines. And I could realize that you could see how they could cheat with an election with this, how all kind of terrible things could be wrought in the name of a pandemic. And I watched churches being shut down. The only good thing that came out of it was some of the woke churches got shut down for a while. And many parents learned just how horrible, that's the most polite word I can use, how horrible some of our school systems are here in the United States and how dangerous they are as well. When I come back in a few minutes, we're going to talk about that. A lot of projects going on in the background I'll be telling you about as well. As you know, I want to pivot away from being all COVID all the time. We'll still bring you the biggest stories and some you don't hear anywhere else. If you believe in what we're trying to do here, especially in buying shortwave airtime, Would you consider making a small donation and mailing it to make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio, mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code 32536. That's zip code. 32536. We
3: will be right back after this. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Tombs and Snakes coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the Nice Jewish Boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The Bible speaks of the enemy as a snake. So I did some research on snakes and how to avoid snake bites. And I learned one of the keys of not getting bitten by a snake is to avoid going into caves or open tombs. Now, how many of you had this problem? You see an open tomb and you you just want to get right in there. Well, I've always made it a policy to avoid open tombs. You know, you don't want to be bitten by a snake, avoid open tombs because snakes live in dark places like caves and tombs. Translation to the spiritual realm, avoid places of death. You don't want to get bitten by the enemy? If something's dead, don't dwell in it. Don't dwell near it. If something's dead, don't dwell on it. Even if it's open, even if there's a welcome mat in front of the tomb, even if your friend's inside and saying, come on, on in, it's dead. Stay away from it. The enemy will bite you there. Gossip is an open tomb. That sinful situation is an open tomb. That past hurt and that bitterness, that unforgiveness, it's an open tomb. That sin, that unending regret and self-pity, that that indulgence, that entertainment, that attitude, that's an open tomb. It's a, That past situation is dead. Stop dwelling on it snakes live there you dwell there and the enemy will attack you you'll be bitten you'll be wounded avoid dead places avoid dead situations avoid even dead thoughts thoughts of dead things get away from the presence get away from the sight of it get away from the thought of it get away from the memory of it get into life and into the things of life stay away from darkness stay away from caves and don't you be caught hanging out in an open tomb want more ask for the snake bite kit now the free gift for you, the incredible mystery of the temple doors, you'll be blown away by it. And, and Sapphire is guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God, all free. How do you get this gift? How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' is a real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of the world, salvation to all. To the earth, all over. Imagine you could blanket the earth with salvation. Well, you can, like a billion tracks. Well, through shortwave radio, it's the most incredible, farthest way you, you will ever spread the gospel. How to be part? Just call one eight hundred Yeshua one. That's Y E S H U A one. Or write me direct at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box one 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 one, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy. It's Box one 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 one, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey. 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, stay out of that tomb, my friend. Peace be to you and Messiah. Sar Chaim, the Lord of Life.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of today's program. I'm your host, Bob Beerman. So glad that so many of you from all over are now listening to Truth to Ponder. No, this program is not the size of the Joe Rogan experience or something along that line. I'm not a famous person. I've never been on Fox News like Dan Bongino to give him a nice starting base for his podcast. We've been doing this program kind of the hard way, putting it out there on shortwave and depending upon you, the listeners, to keep it alive. And I have to tell you that you've done a wonderful job in keeping us going all these many months. And in my heart, there's several things that I recognize. Number one, the cult of COVID is going to be around a while, especially those that have been damaged by the cult. There'll be a lot of deprogramming going on. Listen, politicians will be able to turn on a dime and claim they were ahead of the curve in getting rid of the mandates, the masking, and we really didn't need that passport for a vaccine after all. Because they can see which way the wind is blowing. And some of them are smart enough not to be thoroughly deceived, to recognize that there are some numbers coming out of other parts of the world that are heavily vaccinated that are very uncomfortable and if true it's going to come back to haunt them now this is a prediction i think i made it on this program maybe 6 months or longer ago my feeling was when the truth about these vaccines became apparent and they're causing compromise in younger people's immune systems and they're not working as advertised we always we saw that happening last summer, and now it's just dead obvious that, yeah, we're talking four and five boosters, and then we're finding out that for some people, it doesn't really, well, it hurts the immune system, not helps it. So what are you going to do if you're a smart politician? What are you going to do if you're Lori Lightfoot in Chicago? What are you going to do if your name is Dick Durbin from Illinois, senator in the United States? What are you going to do? If you're Kamala Harris, I'd say Joe Biden, but I don't think he mentally can piece all this together except in anger. What are you going to do when you've been on the side of draconian lockdowns, mask mandates and follow the science, which has been nothing more than follow the political science and see how many people comply? Well, you have to pivot and you have to act like the science has spoken and then you got to explain away why you did the stupid things that you did. Well, I predict what they'll do is they'll blame Donald Trump. Well, he's the guy that pushed this stupid vaccine through. We just, you know, we, we, we took him at his word that it was going to work. Operation Warp Speed, don't blame us. We were doing the science as he wanted it. You're gonna see that kind of fight coming up. We're at we're at that step right now, where in pivoting they have to blame their opposition and pretend like they were always ahead of it, one step ahead the entire time. My favorite analogy is if you're being chased down the street by a mob, pretend you're leading a parade. And that's kind of what's gonna happen with some of those that were caught. Uh, in dealing with this the numbers are not on their side and i think that over the months ahead uh, injuries with these vaccines some of the facts of how well they did not work are going to become self-evident we're just i'm going to stop it right there enough on that topic but i've been saying since monday the narrative is going to be changing i mean they can't sustain this any longer the emperor has no clothes and everybody can see it. And those that were telling the emperor know that everybody can see it now. And they don't want to be a part of that. They've got to move on. They've got to, in a sense, pretend they're coming clean. Pretend that they have you in their best interest. All they have was politics for them in their best interest. And see, this is, this is the key. The schools also got somewhat exposed for what they were. I don't think if the pandemic had ever occurred, honestly, that some of the anger that many parents have been expressing about their children's schools would have gotten as loud and as vocal as it did in places like Virginia and Wisconsin and many other places. I've always said one of the silver linings On the pandemic cloud, where how many parents had to have one parent stay home at minimum? In a single parent home, it was really difficult unless they were getting a check to stay home. A lot of parents, unbeknownst to a lot of folk, saw exactly what was going on in their public schools, and many were appalled. They suddenly realize, wait a minute. I mean, I saw it firsthand too, back in 2020 with a relative, with a kid in school. And you suddenly realize just how pathetic the school is. I love the school district. They like to say, we have a 98% graduation rate and we need more of your tax money to keep doing this excellent above average super job that we do because we care about our students. And I look at how much money we spend on property tax to fund that school. I know two high school graduates from those schools that are functionally not able to, <laughs> they're, they don't know what most seventh graders knew when I, when I came through the seventh grade. And they find ways of saying, oh, there are special needs. We'll put them into this class, that program, this guaranteed graduate program. And there we are. Education in the United States is an issue. And it's been used by, once again, the Satanist and the leftist. And I'll call them for what they are, the Satanist and the leftist. Those that are pushing, as I mentioned on Monday's program, gender dysphoria. There are many schools that are telling these little boys or girls that you're really not the correct gender. Little Johnny, your name needs to be Jane because, see, Johnny or Janie, um, you really should have been a girl or you should have been a boy, whatever the case may be. And we know that because we're experts, but your parents would never understand. So you never talk about this to your parents or other trusted individual within your family. And, of course, never to uh, to your clergy person if you're one of those stupid people that go to church. It's pretty much the attitude. And so this gender dysphoria, this gender confusion, you have to ask yourself the question, what's the end game? What's the upside? Why are we doing this? And I really think it comes down to two things. There is a satanic agenda out there. And many of these school teachers are so indoctrinated themselves that they believe all this is human rights, civil rights, abortion is reproductive rights. No, it's it's the right to terminate and kill with prejudice. It's not a reproductive right. It's not reproduction at all. It's destruction. But see, we don't want to talk in those terms. And I mentioned, even if you live in a red state in the United States or a conservative part of Canada, Australia, wherever it is, You can't even trust your schools anymore. They have become what they have become. That's it. They are now what they are going to be. Many public schools, you know, I've noticed something too. I'm going to go back. I can remember when I first got married back in the 1970s. And I'm working at a radio station in a small town. And there was a few elementary schools, a middle school, and, and a high school in that county. And and not much has changed in the past 50 years, except the difference in many of the teachers and the quality of education. But I'll tell you one thing that is marketably different. The number of administrators and administrative buildings and properties and holdings. That's right. Even in a state like a South Carolina... Um, I, a friend of mine sent me a picture of what a particular school district is doing they're spending millions upon millions of dollars to buy an old building in a downtown area near the shall we say county infrastructure not that they're a, they're a, not that they're run by the county at all but they want to be down there by the courthouse and all the government buildings and so they're spending multiply millions of dollars to buy this big building and property, renovate it, then they'll have to deal with a parking issue. It just gets better. And what's this building gonna be used for? Teaching students? Nope. It's gonna be an administrative building for a school district, serving about 60,000 people, not students. An area of about 60, 70,000 people. A fraction of that number are students. But we have to have administrator after administrator after administrator for all kind of things and, and for fundraising and for collecting more federal and state tax dollars and to lobby and fight uh, to get people to give them more money for more school buildings. It's become a political game in education and it's all about the money. And then they'll tell you these heart-wrenching stories about how teachers have got to go out and buy school supplies for the kids. But what they don't want to talk about is the multiplied millions of dollars they waste building these temples to themselves in these downtown areas on the most expensive real estate money can buy. They're not happy with what they have. They've got to be bigger and better. And we need more administrators. If you fired, in my opinion, and I'm saying I've dealt with this particular, these administrators and their ilk in that very county. If you fired 80% of those administrators tomorrow, the schools would function vastly better. Yeah, I just said it. I've dealt with pinheaded principals in their districts to show them security flaws. To show them things that they need to, to understand, but they don't care to. They have administrators in these wonderful offices to do their thinking for them. Now, even in places like small town South Carolina, you might still you'll still find some good teachers. I felt pretty good. I was I was at a graduation for one of mine grandkids. Uh, last year and I looked at the roster of teachers and where they went to school and I was impressed in this one particular county in South Carolina at this one high school in particular how many of these these teachers in this high school had actually gone to a Christian college or university Let me say that again. You're not going to find this in a lot of places. It's going to be really rare. I was surprised how many of the faculty at that school had gone to a Christian college or university to get their degree. And they're teaching in a public school. And when I would talk to my granddaughter, you know, she she pretty well summed it up. You know, about care when she talked about some of the caring teachers and name them, and I look, they're the ones that went to a Christian school like a Liberty University or some other place like it. I was amazed. But you get down to a place like Atlanta, Georgia, or Rochester, New York, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois. Even in Florida, cities like, I don't know, Fort Lauderdale. Even in cities like Austin, Texas. Would that still be the norm, finding a bunch of the faculty that had graduated from a Christian college or university? I doubt it. I doubt it. And as I pointed out, even in some safe states like in Idaho, to mention one, the trouble that they're having now, no doubt about it, they're having lots of problems even in those red states where parents think their students, their children, they're safe, they're not. Because it's almost by design that these well educated bureaucrats become the leaders and administrators in education, and they begin to control the standards of what the teachers are going to be coming into their districts. And over time, you know, it's amazing to me the overtime part evil evil will take its time even evil will understand that this one person as a person pushing for an agenda they know it may not even happen in their lifetime but they still pursue it it is christians and conservatives that tend to be on the lazy side they want instant gratification we got to fix it now we got to get out and vote in November of 2020, and we're going to fix all the problems in America. Oh, you know what title song comes to mind? Only a fool believes. Only a fool believes in that. I will say that while voting should always be an extension, an extension of what you believe, it is not a substitute for what, of the things you should do. A lot of parents need to get more involved in the politics in their part of the world. I know a lot of people, they say, our school needs this, and then you say, would you run for school board? Nah, I'm, I'm too busy. No, I don't think I could do anything. When you, when you say stuff like that, you allow the predetermined class to run among themselves. Let me say that again. When you don't run, when you have no skin in the game, then you are allowing that little group to basically vote from within themselves your leader because they don't give you a choice. They'll have two candidates oftentimes that are similar, and no matter how you go, it's going to be the same result. That's where we're heading to if you hadn't noticed. Shared a lot of stories earlier this week in education and education is a topic we're going to be delving into periodically local politics i don't care if you're in canada the united states united kingdom australia if you let if you let tyrants run your life and you empower them by the way I saw a story I'm trying to figure this one out why is it that in i think ontario and ottawa canada here's a question why is it police officers that are running around breaking up Peaceful protest. Why is it that they don't have a vaccine mandate, but the truckers do? Yeah, you better ask that question. They can test or do something to avoid that. So just like the folks in in the United States at Moderna and and Pfizer, uh, they're not being forced to take the vaccine either. But if you're in the United States Navy, you are. And if you don't, you're out. There's too many things that are like that that are deeply disturbing. And I'm seeing more and more of it. Now I've been we've got to begin to start thinking in terms of the parallel economy. Let me say that again. The parallel economy. Christians have been doing that for two thousand years. There have been times when Christians are kicked out of the marketplace. In the 21st century, it means being kicked off the Facebooks. It means being kicked off the, the Twitters. By the way, I wonder why the, the head of uh, Moderna canceled his Twitter account. It's gone. There's something happening there. I think there's something happening, too. I know, you know, last week Pfizer withdrew their Well, maybe we won't jab these six-month-old kids after all to five. Maybe they saw something in their own data they know they can't hide. And when you start killing babies, it's going to become really ugly really fast. We need to begin to rethink as Christians how we do business with each other. How much of our money are we putting into the demonic system? How much money are we putting into causes that we despise that despise us? And how do we move forward? There's not much you can do about the schools except get your kids out of them. And I've heard this a thousand times. I mentioned this one time several years ago at a church. We need to find a way to get a homeschool co-op going and build a resource center. And this dear little old saint of God goes, we don't have the money to do that. We can't afford it. Besides, our public schools are fine where we live. That's the the head-in-the-sand attitude you're finding in many churches today. I pay enough in taxes. I don't want to. I, I, I. We can't, we can't, we can't. God's going to look at you on that day of judgment and say, why didn't you do what you needed to do in raising your kids? Why did you... Give your children over to a satanic school when you finally had learned just how evil it was, but you decided because of money, well, leave it as is. That's where we're at today. We need to desperately, and I mean desperately, take back our schools. And if we can't take back our public schools, then we will have to come up with homeschooling, co-ops, 10 parents, 20 parents, you know, 15 families could raise the money to hire a tutor for 15 to 20 kids. And there's some excellent programs I'm looking at out there for homeschooling. And you would still have these activities where the kids are socialized and learning and far excelling their public school counterparts. And also getting a healthy dose of God's word in their life, which is being denied in their schools. Christian ideals, as I pointed out recently, student got suspended for sharing his faith with a fellow Christian in a private text, not during classroom time, and also was chastised for having Christian stuff on his personal social media. That is no business of the school. What that student does on his own time, on the weekends, they should keep their mouth shut. It is not their purview. But see, the people that run our schools today, the people that are on the blue side of politics in the United States, the leftist, the socialist. What was that great line I heard the other day? Tucker Carlson said, it a socialist, you find a fascist. That's what we've got. There are people that want the fascist states of America. They want the fascist provinces of Canada. They want the fascist nation of of England or United Kingdom or Australia. They're working hard to get it. And they're not that far away because we've let them. We've let the lies prevail and we've not stood in the gap with truth. We have to fix that. Let me tell you, there's a lot of things I'm beginning to work on. As I as I really feel, and I will still talk about what's going on in the in the wide world of pandemic, but it's not going to be the sole crux of this program any longer, because there are many other things that are coming down really fast, and, and I want to get you ahead of that curve before you get blindsided, literally get blindsided. Working on a couple of other things. I've, I've been trying to debate about the Truth to Ponder website. Got a couple of ideas. There are things I can do, things that I can't, but I can make it a resource for others to use. Truthfully, I can make this resource for others to use. Maybe have other people contribute some news and information through the website. I think that'd be a wonderful idea. Also working on a, a media website you'll be hearing more about it shortly uh, where you can find some Christian music and Christian programming. It's coming together piece by piece. And and like I say, a lot more in store. God is opening some doors. We're getting ready to go into a different time. We're going to be going into a post-pandemic world. Some people are going to be, well, suffering mental illness and PSD like I can't take my face off, mask off for at least another year most of the world is going to try to move forward are you going to move with god or against him that's my question for you and we'll be getting into that more tomorrow with some you know ideas and some ways of of hope and we'll continue the stories we've been doing but we're going to open up to other stories you need to know And, and i think it's going to be a game changer and a life changer for you If you believe in our work, would you consider supporting us financially? We need your help to pay for radio airtime. Make a check payable to Ancient Word, Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. It's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248. And we are in the city of Crestview, Restview, Florida, 32536. That's 32536. Tomorrow, an update on the shortwave project and a whole lot more as we come back again for another edition of Truth to Ponder. Until tomorrow, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth.com